May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Well, aren't you all glad you came to church this morning? If you were looking for cheerful readings, this Sunday's lectionary was not it. Isaiah with his doomed vineyard, Hebrews with the recitation of those who perished through faith, martyred through mocking and floggings, chains, imprisonment, stoned to death, killed by the sword, and last but not least, sawn in two. And what are we to make of the gospel this morning? Jesus seems to be just a, oh, I don't know, just a wee bit cranky in this reading. I've come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it was already kindled. What happened to the gentle Jesus who told us, blessed are the peacemakers, sitting quietly with Martha and Mary, telling us to do unto others, as you would have done unto you. You know, the Jesus of the Sunday school song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You all know the words, I know you do. You know, the nice, the easygoing, the the turn-the-other-cheek Jesus. And it occurs to me, that's how we like to portray Jesus. This portrait is ever so much easier to deal with. It doesn't require any work or effort on my part. Because then he can be whatever it is that we need him to be. We forget that this man went to Jerusalem. He was tried. He was convicted and he was crucified. And that didn't happen because he was just a really nice guy. It happened because he was a threat to the status quo. He was preaching and teaching a radical reordering of the world as we know it. And that can be pretty scary and threatening. It was then, and it still is today. Jesus had set his face to Jerusalem, as Luke had told us earlier. And this Jesus had no patience with those who did not grasp the urgency of his life's work. Jesus is saying, listen to me, listen to me. I don't have much time left. It won't be an easy decision to follow me. Don't think that I have come to bring peace on this earth. No, I tell you, rather, division. And Jesus was right, wasn't he? History is littered with the evidence of those divisions holy wars, slavery, 
civil war, genocide, world wars. In the churches, we still fight over who can be ordained or married or receive communion. All you need to do is read the newspapers, watch the TV news, or if you're any part of the social media, you know that it seems like we are more divided than ever. Family members, friends, and communities are at odds over the burning issues of the day. Gun control, abortion, health care, discrimination, immigration, and how much or if we should even help the poor and the needy. I have a friend who will tell marvelous, heartwarming stories of love and redemption, and she'll finish them by saying the gospel of the Lord, because her stories were good news. But where is the good news in today's gospel? Where is the love and the redemption to be found? What is the good news today for you and for me? But maybe, just maybe, the good news I'm trying to find is not there in the way I expect it or I want it to be. I'm looking for the nice guy Jesus, the easy comfortable Jesus, because it's just too uncomfortable otherwise for me and for you. Jesus is telling you and I that it is crunch time, as Walter Brueggemann calls it. It's time to take a risk. It's time to decide what side you are on. Are we with Jesus or are we against him? And the decision to follow Jesus, the decision to follow God's rule rather than the world's, brings risk, and it brings danger. Then and now. It's not easy to stand up for what's right versus what's easy and expedient. In my own life, as an example, I am passionately in favor of gun control. I've never spoken or shared that conviction with anyone, until now, obviously, because members of my own family would think I was wrong or foolish or misguided. And that's okay. But what frightens me about my willingness to not stand up for my convictions is that if I'm willing to keep silent on this subject, what other issues will I keep silent on? Because I don't want to upset the status quo, or because I am afraid of what others might think, or they might say, or they might do to me. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain. 
and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Our present time is one where food assistance for the poor will cease to exist for a record 48 million people in this country, and that's happening right now. Our schools are underfunded and overcrowded, and in some parts of the world, school is a luxury. It's not always there. Basic health care, clean water, is not accessible for all. Violence and war is the norm and where discrimination and hatred for the other still thrives and exists in our world, in our country, and in our communities. In Hebrews today, we hear about the prophets and the martyrs who died for faith and doing what was right. And today there are still prophets and martyrs who have suffered for their faith, and for their absolute conviction that the kingdom of God is not limited to a select chosen few, but it's open to all. Martyrs such as Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who died in a Nazi Nazi concentration camp for standing up to Hitler's evil. Jonathan Myrick Daniels, whose martyrdom we remembered this week on August 14th. He died for standing against racial discrimination and hatred in Selma, Alabama. And the prophet, Martin Luther King, who died for speaking out against racism, discrimination, war, and poverty. It's crunch time. It's time to decide. Are we on God's side or the side of the status quo? Will we stand for what is right and good or what is easy and safe? As I've thought about what to say today, and I really have struggled to write this sermon, the words, the fierce urgency of now, kept rattling around. And I found where that quote came from, and no surprise, it was Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. King began with the Gospel of John. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Let us hope that the Spirit will become the order of the day. We can no longer afford to worship the God of hate or bow before the altar of retaliation. The oceans of history are made turbulent by the ever-rising tide of hate. History is cluttered with a wreckage of nations and individuals that pursue this self-defeating path of hate. As Arnold Toynbee says, love is the ultimate force that makes for the saving choice of life and good against the damning choice of death and evil. Therefore, the first hope in our inventory must be the hope that love is going to have the last word. We are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, 
there is such a thing as being too late. Procrastination is still the thief of time. Life often leaves us standing bare, naked, and dejected with a lost opportunity. The tide in the affairs of men does not remain at the flood. It ebbs. We may cry out desperately for time to pause in her passage, but time is deaf to every plea and rushes on. Over the bleached bones and jumbled residue of numerous civilizations are written the pathetic words, too late. There's an invisible book of life that faithfully records our vigilance or our neglect. The moving finger writes, and having writ, moves on. King was speaking of the Vietnam War, but his words still ring true today, and they echo the gospel lesson of today. Because the gospel is telling us that we have to choose. Today's message is not comfortable to hear, nor is it safe, nor is it easy. And maybe that is the good news for today, that we have this chance, this opportunity, this moment to accept the urgent and passionate challenge of today's lessons and stand with and for the poor, the marginalized, those who suffer discrimination or hatred for who they are, the hungry, the sick, the homeless, and those in prison. At the end of this service, I, or one of the other deacons, will stand in your midst and say, go in peace. We're not telling you to go out and have a nice day. You are being sent into the world to love and to serve the Lord. When we hear those words today, let us take those words as an urgent reminder and a challenge to go out these doors armed with the love that has been given to us so abundantly and so freely to do the work that God has given us to do. Amen.